and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we talk about everything related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey. This week, we have a returning guest from all the way back in episode 17. He's sometimes called the Leather Daddy, but I prefer to call him the Leather King. Welcome back, Ethan Carter. What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for any of our new listeners who weren't uh, here back uh, like 100 plus episodes ago, uh, do you want to tell everyone why you're called the Leather Daddy and and what you're all about? Well, I'm called the Leather Daddy from an unfortunate uh, conversation on uh, the Because We Make podcast, which is no longer around, but um, there was someone uh, kind of slipped up and called me Leather Daddy and everyone decided that they loved it. So that's why I'm called Leather Daddy. Um, But... The meaning behind it is more that uh, I've kind of become known for for leatherworking. That's kind of become my at least in, at least in my content, um, kind of my niche. Um, and you know, I, I I'm a leather worker. I, I guess I consider myself that now. Uh, I but at the same time, I, I I try to do out of the box kind of leatherworking. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do that are kind of traditional leatherworking as well. But I like kind of pushing the put. I hate to say like art but like it's it, you know i try to do like inch like one-off wallet designs like mm. uh, for example i did a blue jean leather wallet which looks like a po- pocket from a blue je- from your blue jeans like that kind of stuff and then i like and also i'd like to kind of really push the envelope in terms of how you can use leather in other mediums as well we were just talking that about this on the pre-show that one of my favorite things to do is to really incorporate leather with woodworking or with other mediums in a way that you know you might not think about before and kind of you know get away from just the the standard leather wallets leather belts all those which is awesome i love all that stuff but uh for my creative you know desires uh, i like to kind of push the envelope i thought you were going to say you were called the leather daddy because you made some leather paddles ah yes yes and leather chaps assless chaps yes well yeah I didn't oh. know about the assless chaps. I guess we're getting into a whole other thing here. <laughs> you, you, you missed that part of Maker Cam. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Ethan. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about something that Ethan and I recently did at Maker Camp uh, down there in East Durham is that we put on, uh, you know, an in-person class. And so we wanted to talk about you know, classes in general and in-person learning and talk about how there are some, you know, advantages to that. And obviously, you know, there's some, there's some drawbacks to it as well. And uh, yeah, thought that'd be an interesting topic. And I, and I forgot to, I don't know if I ever asked you, like, have you taught in-person classes before Grant? Uh, for making stuff? Yeah. Not that I can think of. Um, like I've taught a couple people, like friends and families, how to make stuff, but I haven't actually taught like like a class people, class like strangers. I've never yeah. taught strangers how to make something. Uh, I do like at work. I've done training and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, and that was it was my it was definitely my first time. Same. I mean, I've done. You know, I was a TA in college. You know, I've taught people things, but it was my first in person like teaching ever, which is kind of amazing. And I didn't really realize that. And I think until we started that first class grant, it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is in person. <laughs> this is different. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah, this is different than a YouTube video where I'm just talking to a camera and, uh, 
teaching that way, which is, right. I think that's part of what the conversation is, is what are the differences? Cause we've all, you know, us being all content creators, we, we've all, we all teach, right. We've all taught through our videos and content and stuff like that, you know, dozens, if not, you know, thou- you know, hundreds thousands of times for sure. Yeah. But it's, it, it is the different experience to teach in person with, to your point with strangers in front of you that are looking at you and actually wait, you know, that are expecting you to be able to teach them right yeah and i know like thinking about it you know bob from i like to make stuff on the making a podcast has is often talked about how there's a certain like level of like credentials you get for publishing a how-to video yeah like people and then i think that is a hundred thousand times more teaching in person yeah yeah like I could only imagine. Yeah. Well, the impo- I mean, and we've, you know, you hear it all the time. Imposter syndrome. I mean, I don't know if you felt this way, Grant. I definitely felt like I, I, I still, I mean, I don't consider myself like a fine leather work. Like I don't, I'm a, as I said in before at the beginning of every class, I'm a YouTube train, like taught leather worker. I'm not, you know, I didn't. And, and maybe that's fine that nowadays, maybe that's how most of us learn these days. I think it probably is. But it still made me feel like what 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 right do I have to be holding a class with the, for these people? You know. Well, I want to actually talk. Let's let's delve down to that little bit uh, a little bit more because I actually think that that is something that a lot of people feel inappropriately. I feel like they if you if you can do a project and you can teach a project, it doesn't matter what your skill set was, where you're from, what you've done, right? If you you can learn how to do a single project, especially like that's what we're doing. We were making leather right. wallets. It's a single project. You could literally take that, never have, have done leather working before, spent a day per- perfecting that, and taught a class on it. Yeah. Right? No, and, and I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I think it's more of, and I think probably for most of us, it comes down to this, where it's more of my, it's my own internal feeling versus my, how I feel about anyone else, right? Like if any, I would have the exact same opinion on anyone else, but when it comes to me, all of a sudden I'm, I feel like I'm not justified, it, you know, that, and it's, again, it's just that self-doubt, not even self-doubt. It's not even like, I knew I could teach that class and I knew I had the skills. It just felt like these people are coming to the leatherworking class at Maker's Camp. It should right. be a like professional leatherworker that's done this for years and years. You know, I don't know. It's really interesting. Like when Grant told me that you guys taught the class, all that I thought about for the next couple of days was, I don't know if I have a skill that I could really tell myself that I feel qualified to teach. But, but like, you do. You do. Oh, yeah, right. You, you do them in your right. videos all the time, Adam. I know that, but there's nothing that I think that I'm really like that I feel that I'm good enough at to teach. Like, yeah, I dabble in woodworking and I dabble in this and I dabble in that, but I don't think I'm a good enough woodworker to teach a class or I don't think I'm good enough for, you know, teaching other things. You know, what's funny about that is, and I think this is another thing that came out of Maker's Camp for me, um, especially versus the other kind of events like WorkbenchCon that I've gone to, is that this event had people that came there that I'll put it this way at WorkbenchCon, the majority of people know each other because everyone's has some presence on social media. 
because it's it's much more of a social media driven event, if that makes sense. Whereas yeah. Maker Camp, which is, and I think this is a fantastic angle of it, is it's, and I think you would agree, Grant, it's way more about the actual making of things than mm-hmm. the content side. It's just, there's a lot of overlap, but there's people there that, that, that are, are truly just makers and don't have that content side. And I think there's also a lot of people that attended that like rightfully so. And I'm, you know, this is not a, they had no idea who I was on as Ethan Carter designs. They had never seen my account or anything like that. And, and at the same time, there's, so it, it also brought a lot of people that were there that didn't have, had never done these things before. And so to, to your point, we feel like in our space, we're not, we're not the masters because we're, we're always reminded of everyone else that also does the same things or that might know more than us or whatever. But to an average person that has never made any, uh, made something, you do know a lot. You do know way more. You're just, but you're used to comparing yourself to everyone else on YouTube and on Instagram and stuff like that. And I, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I understand that feeling completely as well, but that was a, that was kind of a, a epiphany moment that at maker camp, when I realized that there's people that had never made something themselves and all of a sudden they, they came to makers camp to learn something. Right. Or they just never done leatherworking at all. Right. There's a lot right. of the people that, that we did the, the wallet class had just never done leatherworking. And so just explaining to them how leather works, doing the edge burnishing, all these things that are just, they're the very basics that we, you know, if you've done five leather projects, right, you've gone through this five at least five times. You know, okay, I could do this now. You could. They could all go home now, probably, and teach that class. Yeah, right. It, right. That's the thing with, and that, that's the thing with a lot of these skills is that it's not. They're not actually that complicated when you break it. When you break it down, right? I mean, I think I think blacksmithing and welding that, that you know those might be exceptions, but like. Probably not even that. I mean, probably the fundamentals for blacksmithing, once you kind of understand the basic things now from step one to to really high end is that's a huge learning curve. Right. And same with same with even leather work. I think that's smaller, shorter learning curve. But it's still there's a from step one to being being able to make something and then there's make something to being able to do a really high end version of that. Right. And I think. That's something that when you look at, at what you're teaching, you have to realize these. if you're teaching a beginner class, you're teaching the fundamentals. If you're right. teaching an expert class, it's a completely different thing. Right. Like, I know a lot of people talked about, I don't know the guy, there was like a big knife maker there who oh, went yeah. over a whole, like I obviously we were teaching the class, so we didn't get to do all the fun stuff, but he went over like this this huge thing on how he does his process. And a lot of people on these other podcasts I listened to were talking about how great it was. So this expert went over his like advanced level teaching and it was a completely different thing, right? And I think we often compare ourselves, like you said, to these big names teaching these advanced courses. But if we are only offering a beginner course, then, you know, it is what then it we, is. Right. Then, then, we, then we are, you know, okay to be the teachers. Right. I mean, right. right. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and it's funny because, I mean, you know, the people that have done leatherworking didn't come to the class, nor should they have because they probably knew just as much if not more than, than we did. Right. So it's a different, you know, it's just, 
but those are the people that maybe they made knife, you know, for, to what your, your example, they're, they've been knife makers and they are looking to this guy as he know, like, I, I know how to make a knife, but I want to know how to make that, you know, a, a knife, you know, right. I want to, I want to take my, if it's like Next if I were wanting to learn woodworking from a class, I already know the basics. I don't want to take woodworking right. 101. I right. want to take woodworking, you know, 201 or what 102. I don't know how the whole numbering works for, for classes, but I want to take the next level, right? I don't want to get in there and they'll tell you, this is a table saw. The saw spins and then the plane and you put the wood. Like, no, I don't need any of that, right? But at is the that, same is time, that how it works? No. Yeah. At the same, you know, it's a good chance that I don't know the basics properly. Right. Right. Or like I would still learn from a woodworking 101 class, even though I feel like I wouldn't need it. Well, and I think that was even for our class. I mean, again, I, I think we were teaching the way that we've, we've learned it, we've done it and stuff like that. Even, I mean, even the stitching, you know, I thought about it afterwards and, yeah. you know, I, t- I taught the way I do it and the way I do it is because I don't use a stitching pony is different mm-hmm. than, than like the kind of traditional, pr- you know, professional way of doing it where you don't pull either thread tight into, you pull them tight together. And right. there's a reason for that. I don't, that's just not how I work. And I kind of thought about that afterwards as I should have, I should have said that, explained that as, as this is the proper way to do it. This is, I don't do it this way. I get, I get the same results, but these are the types of things that I have to keep track of because I don't do it the proper way or the, the traditional way. That's why I try not to um, label my videos how to, I it's always like how I made or something like that. Unless like I've been doing it with the fusion videos just because it's for the algorithm pretty much. And like it pretty much is a how to, cause I'm not really using tools of like, I'm not using this tool, right? Like fusion is pretty simple to like, there's other ways to do it. Yeah. But it still works. That is still a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's funny that you say that. Cause I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about my YouTube channel a lot lately and just what, like, what I want it to be in or what I, what it should be in what I want it to be. And it's funny is almost all my videos are how to, because I do do like start to finish voiceover. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, do, do. I thought the <laughs> I same <do>. thing. <laughs> um, but so I, they, they all, I mean, they are start to finish how to videos and I do do voiceovers and every, everything like that. I think the, but as I look at them, I think there's only some that should be, labeled how to to your point you know i I have how to leather stitching three ways that's a very like that is a a very instructional video it's not a project video it's an instructional video uh i had the how to wet form you know three how to wet form three easy um techniques that's a that's a teaching you know that is a teaching video it's not a project video where i tell you how i made the project does that make sense it 100 percent makes sense I, those couple ones are definitely instructional. I think all of your videos are instructional. I think you should take how to out of it, even if they are instructional, because the how to makes it so that people don't click on it unless mm-hmm. they are they want to learn. They want to learn that, so it it automatically yeah. takes it out. Now, if you're doing the leather stitching video, it makes sense. It's a how to video, right? Right. But if you're doing a project video, you should probably take how to out of it, unless it's a basic video, like how to make a wallet, how to do your first leatherworking project, how to like that makes sense. I, I think that's exactly doing- what I'm, what I'm thinking, Grant is exactly yeah. that. It's like, 
I don't, it doesn't, it's, these are project videos. They're not how-to videos. And there's a distinction between those where it's purely about instruction versus, versus design, uh, creativity, all those things. You could shoot the project the exact same way. You could have the mm-hmm. same yeah, video. Yeah. You could do the voiceover as if it's a how-to. Just don't put how-to in it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly what I've been kind of realizing lately and, and thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we've we've talked a little bit about YouTube. And I think there is something when we think about online learning that way versus in class. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed about our class is we obviously had a very limited space, mm-hmm. right? So we had hour block sessions with five, and sometimes we snuck in a six person at the table. Whereas if we had done a video and just had the video playing and the materials available, hundreds of people could have done it. Yeah. Yep. And we could have just been there to help them with it. And I don't know if that's a better way or not. I really liked what we did. They got like, I think. If we had had, like, this kit is available. Here's the materials for the kit. If you want to take it with you, you already know leatherworking. But, or if you want to do it, you know, on a picnic table somewhere else, we can do it. But, and you can come and ask us questions. And we'll have a, you know, teaching moment here. Like office hours. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I feel like that I would not like to go to something like that and have to follow a video. I think it'd be a really cool idea to have like, this is our limited spots, but we also have kits available Mm. with a video that you can purchase and take it home and do it and follow along the video. But to actually go to an event and have to watch it like that, the reason I'm going to the event is to have that hands-on personal experience. Right, You're spot on because I think that was one of the ideas I had coming out of the event was Next year, whatever the project is, it would be really great for both both for the people attending, but also for my channel to have a you know a, a video of the project that we were making. So for two reasons: one, one the people that didn't weren't able to attend the class, right? And two, for the people that attended the class that wanted just they went home and they forgot X, Y, and Z, and as a reference, as a supplemental um, thing. Uh, video for them to reference and do basically the exact same class, but in video format. So people that yeah. could, could look at it. And, and there was, I mean, it was interesting, Grant, there's a few times, especially at the end of the weekend where people just hung out. Like there was a few people that just hung out while we taught the class. They didn't, they didn't make anything or whatever. They were, they were just there l- listening and learning and the right. same thing, right? You could give them the materials to go make it at home. And then you could also say, and we have a, you know, I, we ha- I have a supplemental video that support that goes over all the steps that we talked about today. I think, I think you're right. I think that's probably the right way to do it. Yeah, I can guarantee that if I was at an event like that, I would definitely purchase something like that because there's two reasons I wouldn't do a class. One, I couldn't get in, and two, I don't feel confident and other people seeing what I'm doing. If I could mm-hmm. buy a kit that has everything I need, like tools and everything as well. You know, like something like leatherworking, you could add in a cheap set of tools to the kit and all that sort of stuff. Take it home and do it in my own time where people aren't going to be looking at, where I feel like people aren't going to be looking at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I would be a lot right. more confident to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, yeah, even if you didn't sell the kit, you could give the resource and as to where they could get it. I mean, we talked about that and I, I've had a few people reach out because I said that. I said, you know, 
reach out if you if you're interested if you enjoyed this and you want to get into it you can get into it for with a really inexpensive kit and you can go a long way with an inexpensive kit hit me up i'll send you a link and you can do that and i've had a few people reach out which is awesome i love it yeah that's cool when i think about it the only thing that was really uh leather dependent like that was inexpensive was the stitching chisels yeah right like otherwise everything else we're using was nice to have or like you needed the needles and the stitching chisels yeah right oh yeah i see what you're saying so is that the thing that makes the holes yeah to put those and, and the, I even those i mean you can get you can get a 12 dollar set on amazon now and and you, and you yeah. can get a 25 dollar kit that has and and i i will say that the the Stitching chisels are not like the, it's a very big jump from there's no difference from, <laughs> you know, zero to a hundred dollars. When you get to $300, huge difference. Definitely, definitely a big jump. But from like you, the difference between a $12 set and a $50 set is, is minimal if at all. So, yeah. What's the difference between a $50 set and a $300 set then? Like what makes a three hundred dollar set good? Because it, it's literally just a piece of metal, no? It's it's and and we talked about this a lot too because it's it, the results. There's zero difference in the results, in my opinion. It's the like how easy it is to use and how enjoyable it is to the process. So I have I that was one of the tools that I as I you know it was it probably took me a year and a half to do that. But that was, that was one of the tools where I said, I'm going to invest in this now that I'm doing this enough and make that jump. And I got really nice high end, um, stitching chisels. They're actually called pricking irons on this site, which is a whole nother debate. Um, but basically what, what it is, uh, is stitching chisels are kind of one that's hard to get through like thicker leather with the traditional stitching chisels that you'd get. And it's also really, really hard to pull them out versus the set that I have. It's butter. It, like it literally takes nothing. The mallet basically just pushes the pushes the pricking irons through the leather, and then I peel it off like this. So it's 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 much more about the experience and efficiency than the end result. But if you're going to do it a lot, it's worth it. So yeah, okay. just to put this out there, that's something that you could only learn, I think, through a class. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can't answer that question in every single one of your videos. But yeah. we got asked it almost every single every time. time. <laughs> it kind well, of be like and, going out and buying like a five hundred dollar hand plane and having no use of like a cheap one and not knowing how good yeah. you have it. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. absolutely. It's, it's, it's much more about the experience than the result. Yeah. If you do a leather course again next year, you need to reach out to a company and say, "I've had all these people message me after last year wanting to find out where to get material." And get them on board and sell kits, like sell well, like toolkits, even like right. a fifty dollars toolkit. Well, this is we had the Weaver Weaver supplied the kits for the classes, and I actually think it would be yeah. a really good idea if Weaver sent extras to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. No, I think I think you're right. I think there's people that would walk away wanting to do that. But I also, I mean, I, you know, I yeah, I I, th- I think you're right. I think there's a, a benefit, whether it benefits us or the event or whatever, I think there is value to that because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people drove and stuff like that. That was the other thing I was amazed at. There's a lot of people that drove to this event much more than flew, mm-hmm. which I was surprised at. And so because of that, I think people are more likely to be able, I mean, that's a, that would be the trick with flying is you're, 
unless you're, I guess if you're checking a bag, you'd be fine. But yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're right. You're kind of missing out. It's, it's almost like a whole package, like a make a wallet kit that has the tools that you need and the leather that you need. And, you know, right. Anyways, that's something we can talk about. That's, that's a kind of cool, but it's not like an in-person learning. That's like taking right. the in-person and giving it away. And I think we should get, we'll ring it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So one thing, we yep. were sharing the tent with uh, Patty from Brooklyn, Patty Gilstrap. And one thing She's awesome, she by the way. did, she is amazing. It was yeah. great seeing. Nicest actually, person ever too. Totally. She actually teaches. And that's a big difference between me and you and her. Um, yeah. And she realized not everyone learns by hearing and watching some people like to read instructions. Yeah. And so she had printed out instructions for every, for everyone as well. And I went, that would have been such a great idea because if, if anything, there was a lot of times where people were, uh, were kind of stuck waiting for the slowest person. Yep. Yep. And other than the loud hammering for the stitching chisels, everything <laughs> else could be done, you know, if you got ahead, you didn't really need to wait for us, but some people right. are faster than other people. It's just the way it is. So having the, mm. the, uh, the, the print printed out instructions would allow those people to keep, keep moving forward. Well, and, and even the, I mean, the approach that we took to try to get around that was even if people weren't done, we'd stop, stop people and said, right. we're going to teach the next part, even if you're not there yet, so that people that are done can keep moving. But to your point, Grant, even that then would be helpful for the people that weren't there yet, right? To to then be able to look back at the instructions when they got to that point. I think you're that, which is yeah. And I've never I've never written instructions. I've done instructables, which is different than step by step instructions. <laughs> instructables. Well, talk That's to the, the twenty time winner. <laughs> but this is this is the thing, right? This is this was the whole point. Is that this is both your guys' first time teaching a mm-hmm. class, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like those sort of things come with experience of being a teacher and teaching multiple classes. You know, you've gone yeah. away now and learnt these things. That I think that what that's what makes a good teacher is someone that can keep the class flowing, but also not leave people behind. And I think that was definitely the that was definitely a. I think we got better at that grant, you know, and I think that's that's why it was really really beneficial too to have both of us because you know I. Is the second that one person's asks you a question and you're working with that person, everyone else has to not have a question, right? <laughs> but if at least if there's yeah. two of us, you know, Grant could be helping them with whatever they're doing, or you know, and so I think that I mean that definitely helps. It, it's it's funny. I lost my train of thought. The the I think what it is like. Oh, I know what I was saying. Say to your point, everyone learns differently too. It's funny when I've done an instructables, and this is a tangent, so we'll we'll bring it back. But when I've done an instructables, one of the comments I've gotten a lot of times is like, "I love that I have the the written part and the video because different different thing. I learn different things in different ways, and so having the fact that you made a whole video where I could see what you're doing." And then you also wrote it out. I can flip back and forth. And I think that's, that is a really nice thing about when you make an instructables off of a YouTube video is you can capture both learning, you know, both learning parts of the brain. Right. And that is a hundred percent how I like to learn. I like to learn based off reading. 
uh, like I love Instructables for that. Mm-hmm. It is like if I am ever searching a how-to, it's like Google is like, here's 1,700 videos on this how-to. And I'm like, no, no, scroll down. I want to get to the written instructions to, to learn how-to. I don't want to watch a video. Videos are very like videos are very slow and difficult to repeat something if I didn't get it. Right. So if I read something and I go, I read a paragraph and I go, I don't really get it. Well, I can just read that paragraph again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think about YouTube videos as inspirational and, and like kind of tips and trick nuggets where like, that's what I learned from YouTube videos is like the little, this guy did this little thing and it was a little tip or trick. And that's, that's what I take away from it. I'm never going to watch a YouTube video and be like, now I can make a dining room table, right? It's just, that's not the way it is. But so I, I, to your point, Grant, I think the like instructables or plans or whatever, that's how you actually learn the process. But the, the videos are kind of inspirational and tips and tricks. So how long of a video do you think it would have been if you had made that wallet as a YouTube video? It's a good question. Um, probably, I would say probably six to seven minutes. Yeah, I was going to say a five minute video. Yeah, I yeah. I, it, my videos are always shorter than everyone else's because I speed well, everything up. <laughs> no, and so do I. I talk about, but I think, but I also expect people to, at the same time, to your point, being able to reread it. I I do expect people that if they miss something because I talked fast, which I do talk fast, to be to be able to skip, go back. That's Again, that's maybe a bad thought process, it's, but that's how I, I did. I think it's good. I was just comparing it to we took an hour long class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting that a class took an hour and a YouTube video would have been seven minutes and reading an Instructables would have been <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. I just find it an interesting thing. Yeah. Dynamic. Yeah. I feel like Grant's point was more that if you're following like a written thing, you're in control of the speed of it. Uh, you're not doing your thing and the video exactly. gets away from you. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's you're that's, in control of when you turn to the next step. Um, what you said about YouTube videos, I usually use YouTube videos for inspiration and entertainment only mm-hmm. in saying that I definitely have learned some things from YouTube. Like I would have never known about breadboard ends, for instance, on mm-hmm. a table if it wasn't for YouTube. Right. Right. Because you didn't take that as a class, right? Well, and you wouldn't even know to add, know to like exactly, look it exactly. up, right? Yeah, it's one of those but that's the inspiration unknown part. knowns, and that, those. But that's also what, like, I guess, kind of what I mean by nuggets. I mean, there's like technique nuggets, but then there's also just like process nuggets that you never knew that you didn't know, right? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Like, I never yeah. watch. I, I'm never going to watch a video. Like I'm never going to go, I'm going to watch a video on how to make a dining table because I need to make one. I'll watch videos because I find them entertaining. And then I see that in a video and go, oh, if I ever make one, I want to put breadboard ends on it or something like that. Right. And and again, not to kind of tangent, but again, I think that's a little bit of what I'm struggling with and trying to figure out like my voice with my videos because I feel the same way, but I still make videos with a mindset of someone's going to make the thing that I'm making. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's not the case, right? That's it. And that's not why people, and especially now, I think that people are moving more and more away from that on YouTube. It's, it's more about the personality and kind of the overall inspiration and experience. And so I know that, but I still make a video 
with a mindset of I'm trying to teach them how to make this sing- yeah. thing that I want to make that no one else will ever want to make. And that's a shift I need to make. I don't know. It So, Ethan, there's two yeah. thoughts on this. One, other people have made your projects. 100%. I've made a bunch of the things yes. that you've made. Fair enough. And, yeah. and you know this. So, don't say no one's ever going to make it. The difference is, do you want to go viral? Because you will never, ever go viral right. with how to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how there it's just it won't work because you're you're yeah. putting it to only the people that want to that make want it. to make the thing. And it will, go, it, the other way is if you want to go viral and make money off your YouTube that way, don't make them how to. Completely abandon that. But right. it, you figure out what, what it, Right, you can't have it both ways. I yeah. No, you're right. That's again that's exactly what I think I've been struggling with. Yeah. It, even if you look at like the big YouTubers that are in the maker space. You're not like I feel like doesn't matter how good of a content creator you are making with making videos, you're never gonna be like Mr. Beast with a hundred million subscribers or someone no. that does gaming. Like, you know, that's the thing is people watch YouTube for entertainment. Yeah. And that's right. the biggest thing. It, it, uh, like yeah. I, I was literally explaining and this which is funny that I'm trying to even explain this to my parents, but I was trying to explain this to my parents last night because what um do you guys know Jay Laser? No. You should check no. him out because he's, but he's, he, he literally just made like an Iron Man flying suit and he's made a spy, uh, like a way to climb buildings in LA, like Spider-Man. Like he, he does okay. these crazy, crazy things. Okay. Right. Um, and his, one of his like best friends, who is one of his part of his team is the son of one of my parents' friends. So that's how they okay. know him. And I was trying to explain to my parents and, and they actually kind of understand it because I, explain it to them whether they want to hear or not. But like, there's a difference that the biggest person in our space, like, you know, like Bob, right? The big, like one of the biggest people in our space is so far different yeah. than Mr. Beast or, or that, that like that group. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's just a different thing, but it, there's a different level of YouTube that of just mm. like this entertainment and like, um, over the top, there's a place, kind of. There's a place for them, just right? They're not right. going to reach the level of Mr. Beast. There's still a place for them, right? And that's not a bad thing, but there is a different kind of YouTube. There's a, you know, even if you're not teaching a how-to, you're still inspiring and, and instructing and teaching in a, in some way, right? Right. But even okay, yeah. to just to we'll we'll put a cap on this with, it's like you know Norm Abrams was on TV. Lots mm-hmm. of people know who he is, right? But he isn't even like who? there are. There are <laughs> so many more people who have no clue who he is, but would right. know who Will Smith is. Right. right? There are a different right. level yeah. of people who've been on TV. Right. Right. And there, and it's not a knock on Norm. It's just there's a different. Right. It's a different audience, and the people that love Norm probably love Norm more than they love Will Smith. But especially now, yeah. Uh, so the the last thing about. Uh, teaching classes is um, have you guys ever thought of taking a class? That's the, the last part that I wanted to talk about. That's good. Because yeah. I, I, I think about them, but I've never actually pulled the trigger on taking a, uh, a, like I've taken, you know, I went to high caliber camp and I learned from Austin doing those. It's kind of like a class, but it was, it's more hangout nice. class. It was like a, yeah, a hangout yeah. Get tips and tricks and do it yourself less of a structured class. Um, 
And I think Adam, you might have taken woodworking. I mean, I I did woodworking in school, right? But I've never done it. I've never done it out of school. I feel like so two things. I feel like that classes in Australia, like maybe I just don't look for them, but I feel like they're just not out there. Mm. There's not really. I don't. I've never really ever seen a course that I can go do on woodworking. Mm. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, they are. Out I'm hearing there, that there's just, a white space opportunity right here. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I'm going to go into this after we finish here because I, I have something I want to talk about after. But the other thing is that I was going to buy but couldn't get into it. My wife and I are still going to do it, but we were going to do an epoxy art class for our anniversary. So, yeah, I haven't seen the like woodworking, but then there's a specialty like the epoxy side, which I see everywhere. Right. Yeah. So I think the the thing with woodworking is that it's specialized, and yeah, well, so is epoxy, to make it uh, no epoxy isn't because you can come home with a project in an, you know a day, right? Whereas like woodworking is vi- like the projects that you would make woodworking nobody wants anymore, right? Exactly, no one wants a wooden toolbox. Like I do. Small, but- <laughs> yeah. but no, but those, those little small projects that they they were often teaching back in the day, right, aren't, right, right, aren't viable projects anymore. But these little epoxy, whatever, are new and fresh and exciting. So but, that's why uh, well, there's all so these the, epoxy classes. The yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think what about the classes that I mean, and maybe this is just because of who we are, but like. I would take a turning class, not because I want to leave with a bowl or a pen, but because I want to learn how to turn. Right. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm taking a class because I want the, that technique, not necessarily the product. So that is a small, small amount of people that want. I, I would agree. I think that's because we're, it's, we're in our little bubble, right? right. Lee so. Valley in the, they're, I don't know if they're in the States. I know they're Canadian, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they're, I don't know if they're in, Australia, but they do in Ottawa. They put on classes, no. turning classes. Yeah, wood, woodcraft, woodcraft does classes every right. uh, every week. Yeah. But it is a like the fraction of the market of yeah, people yeah. is so small that would pay for that. I feel like that YouTube has definitely would have taken away people wanting to do classes. Like if I wanted to say, right. for instance, if I wanted to make a wooden toolbox, I'd just watch a video on YouTube. Right. The, the difference yeah. is, though, that doing a class is that the tools and stuff will be there. Well, the, the other thing, too, is in the smart brands that have adapted to this is that kind of to your point, Adam, like they've adapted to selling a kit with everything that you need and a DVD or a video that you know yeah. goes along with it to make it yourself. And so to your point, Grant, to answer your question, um, and people that have heard me on podcast telling my origin story have probably heard this, but... right. I got started in this. Uh, I mean, I've always made things. I've always tinkered. I, uh, I was kind of more on the, the upcycling kind of like upcycling, but kind of in a creative way. But when I, I, what really sparked this whole thing for me, not necessarily, not the content that came later, but the whole making as part of my life was I took a course on how to build a, a an acoustic guitar. And it was, it was somewhat of a kit, like, uh, you know, there's pieces like the, the bent, uh, bent sides were already bent and stuff like that. But I took a course on how to do that. And there's five of us in this class and it was a five week class. I think it was five weeks. And, uh, like once a week we did it for a couple hours 
And that, that was, I mean, it literally changed my life. Not just because it, it sparked something and it taught, showed me that I could do something that I never thought I could do and all those things. And I think there is a slight, but there is something there for a class where if you're someone that, and I wasn't this kind of person, but I think there's, there's something there. If you're the kind of person that doesn't think you can do something or that like you're going to be less likely to, to do YouTube and try it on your own versus right. taking a class where you're in person and there's someone there that can help you along the way when you come up with things that they don't cover in the video. There is something there, mm. but I think, again, I think that's very, as a very small portion of people. I, I actually think that everyone should go take classes. I, I think yeah, they no, are I do too. A hundred percent useful. I Even agree. if it's something that you think you already know, you should go and do it anyways, right? Because you will learn. The only the problem I have with taking classes they cost money. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. I don't understand because I'll go out and buy like instead of doing a class <laughs> I'll go out and buy a, like all the stuff and the projects and the tools to do something once. Right. Right. So right. I'm thinking I want to build a toboggan. Mm-hmm. I bought the wood. I have made a almost made a like I made it, but I don't like the way it turned out. A steam bender, like mm-hmm. a steam for I could steam. I could do all this. I know how to do all this. Right. I'm thinking of just taking the course that is offered at uh, the Ottawa City Woodshop. I think that's the name. OCW. I think. Anyways, they they put on a course that they do steam bent toboggans. Right. Uh, Pat Lapp's got a video where, where he works with them and, and makes it. And, uh, you know, the guy's name's Matt Wallace. I've, I followed him. I just can't remember if it's OCW or not. Or OWC. I can't remember. Anyways. I might just go take that class. I have the wood already. I have a right. table saw. I've got a thickness planer. I've built a steam thing. I have everything, but they have a jig already made. I wouldn't have to make it. They have a steam bender that's way better than my steam bender. Right? And, and, and it's, it's sometimes it's just that push that gets you over the hump. Well, again, I think so. I took the class on the guitar, uh, and then I want so following up on that, I wanted to. Uh, I built a ukulele, but for right. the ukulele, I bought a kit off of Stuart Mac that had, you know, it was a kit still, but it was on my own with a DVD. And so I had the confidence after the guitar right. class to, to be like, I know I can figure this out. I know enough now, whereas I never would have done that had I not done the initial class. So I think sometimes the class is a confidence builder too. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but one of the things that I really want to achieve in my life is to get kids into woodworking. Mm-hmm. I really want to do everything I can to get kids into woodworking. One of those is I've written a book that mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking about putting on Kickstarter now to get the money up so I can get it published because I think that it'll be really good for kids and my other goal which i hope to one day be able to start the business of if youtube takes off and i can get the money for it and all that sort of stuff is i want to make like kid classes for woodworking and essentially what it would be is i have like a warehouse somewhere or like a a shop space that has like five of each tool like power tools and all that sort of stuff and then kids pay like however much it is per class and then for one hour a week they come in and they all like make the same project, go home with right. it, come back the next week. 
So before the pandemic, Home Depot was doing these little kid courses. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, and yeah, Bunnings too young. Uh, when and now they haven't come back yet. But I want to do some fun stuff like that. Um, I've I've often thought about making like something like I'm, I've made a couple projects with my son, but I think taking a course with my son would be a completely different thing. And I think I think you're, yeah, I think you're onto sure. something there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's people like. Uh, uh, Char from uh, Wood Maven, Wooden Maven, like she's part of a makerspace that kind of, I mean, I think they probably do other things, but she kind of, her part of it kind of tailors to kids. And it's that exact same concept, not necessarily exactly what you're talking about, but it's that exposure. And I think, I think you're right. I think especially nowadays where shop class is not part of the curriculum anymore yeah. and, and, and just making, I, I, I think there's a little bit more of that coming out coming back because of YouTube, which is great. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that's so important. And I, I, I think we're missing out. It's like that and music is just things that are getting lost right now. For sure. I think, I think with the Bunnings and Home Depot thing is though, that they're like, they're tiny little classes of like, you know, just, you know, it's, it's not anything big. Whereas I want to get kids into a shop, like into and a And actually learn how to use the tools. Not- Exactly. Not just yeah. like come and hammer some nails into a piece of wood at Bunnings. Um, but I just wanted to quickly go with this because you guys have taught a class. Has it made you want to teach more classes? That's where I wanted to get through from this. Okay. So before we go into plantmendations, even though I had a great transition, I was going to transition <laughs> perfectly. I'm letting everyone know the transition was there. I would 100% teach more classes. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and I actually am, which I'm again, extremely nervous, especially without having grant with me, but, um, no, I, I am, I'm super nervous about it. And again, I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm less nervous. Um, but it's, it's, it, it is something I, I guess I walked away from, I walked away from, I didn't know what to go, what I expected going into maker's camp. I was nervous about it. I knew it was a, it was something I wanted to do. Um, I was, it was a way to get there, get to the maker camp and get to connect with everybody. So all of that was the reasons why I did it. I was super nervous going in. I, I can't even tell you how anxious I was the, the week leading up to that. Um, but I also walked away with it feeling super rewarded. And, and then the fact that like people after, you know, people that we taught how to make the wallets were posting about it. We're excited about it. That the people that bought kit, like went home and bought leatherworking kits because of their experience that like that, there's nothing, honestly, there's nothing more rewarding than getting someone inspired to do something, to start a new hobby or start a new passion or start a new, there's nothing like that is at the end of the day. That's why I, that's really why I do all of this is, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, right? But there's nothing more rewarding from doing this stuff than inspiring some people, somebody to get into a new hobby or learning a new skill that that, there's nothing more rewarding than that. In my opinion, if that's, what's rewarding to you, then keep making the videos you're making with the how to projects. If you want, like, if that's what you want out of it, you've got a good job, right? You're not trying to make money on YouTube. You're trying to inspire. You're trying to engage, Right, and you will if you get a million views on a YouTube video. Like you had that that plant 
blow up on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what did, how, yeah. Many, how many people – you got more Reached negativity out well, from that than it, anything else, right? You're, you're absolutely right, Grant. I think – I think there's a, there's something there's a, and maybe that doesn't exist. I think there's a middle, there's somewhere in between where I think I don't, I I don't want to ever be someone that's chasing the viral video. Like I don't want that. Right. I, that is not, I don't want to just do a project because it's going to blow up. But if I can find a project that I'm excited about that also inspire, just it doesn't maybe doesn't even teach people, but inspires someone to, to think about leatherworking. Right. And it's and it's not how to, but it's bigger. Then that's fine too. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like it, it doesn't. Makes sense. I think there's. I think there is a avenue where I can do do oh. both without. But you're right. I don't want to just be chasing like the viral aspect because I won't find that rewarding. At the end of the day, I'll I'll look back and I'll look at numbers and I'll be like, I don't care though. I don't care about the people that have subscribed because they don't really care about what I'm doing. Right. I wonder if you could do like entertaining videos on YouTube and then have the how to on something like Patreon. Mm. Or, or you do entertaining videos on Instagram and how to videos on YouTube. Wait, you already do that. (laughs) Well, no, and that's, and that's very true. I think part of it too, and this is one thing that I'm, also thinking about is I think part of it too is right now I'm very behind the camera and that's how, and that works for me on Instagram. And, and part of that is just because I'm not natural on camera. So it takes it, it, you know, it takes me a couple of tries to, um, to, to get a take when I'm doing it alive, you know, whatever. But I think there, I think that's part of it as well. If I can insert my, myself as part of the video, I think that might help, both 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 avenues I'm, it it becomes less it becomes less of like step by step here's how i'm doing it voiceover 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 right and more of like this is why i'm doing yeah. it this is why i think about this thing this is why i do this is why i do this this way kind of thing i don't know Hmm. This didn't I'm mean. I didn't mean to make this a therapy session for Ethan Carter's YouTube <laughs> channel, but <laughs> yes, everyone goes to subscribe to Ethan Carter's YouTube channel. I will <laughs> say though that Patreon did release today that you can upload videos straight to Patreon. You don't have to put a link. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah. And thinking, t- talking about Patreon, I think we should thank our Patreon supporters, especially the F Clamp level: Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari. Do you know who Vincent Ferrari is? Who? Who? Yeah. From Digitally Creative, Austin from the High Caliber Craftsman, Scott Orm from Dad It Yourself DIY, and Joe Her oh no, Joe Herdina and Lawrence from Maritime Knife Supply. It's I've been saying that list for so long, and then we had a new person. So thank you very much <laughs> to all of those people. Uh, I appreciate it. anyone who wants to listen to us ramble more, like you didn't get enough. We do a whole pre-show. Where we chat, chat, and we talk about things. We talk about what we're working on that week. We, we do an after show where we talk about uh, just secret stuff. Sometimes, sometimes I rant. Um, you know, if you want to do that, patreon.com slash clamp. We also make. Do you have a segment called Grant's Rant? We have a G Rant. Yes, you can tell okay. Ethan's not we, the. the Hasn't done one for a while. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we also make a a keychain that uh morley used to make and now i will be making leather keychains because mm-hmm. i am the superior leather worker on the podcast and uh we they're custom made custom stamped 
everyone gets a different number. Um, so go over there to patreon.com slash clamp. If you can't support us, we completely understand. Uh, if you can't support us financially, we completely understand. And you can just, you know, listening is enough for us. Or if you want to share the show uh, or write us a review, all that would be appreciated. And now clamp mendations. All right, so my Clementination this week is going to be the Clementination that should have been last week, and that is Jeff Stein's video on making an SVG mm-hmm. and toolpaths on how to set up a CNC or set up a file for the CNC. Um, he goes into so much depth, and honestly, if you need to know how to make uh, cut files for the CNC from an image, best video you'll find for it because it's so informative. If you have no desire to CNC anything, should you watch this video? Yes. Okay. There we go. All right, Ethan, what are you going to recommend this week? I, I've been trying to work on this clamp. I, I, I can't, for some reason, I cannot say this word. Clamp mandate? Clamp mendations. Clamp. Yeah. Mendations? Re- it's like recommendation, it? but clamp mendations. But clamp mendations. All right. All right. I got it. I got it. Um, do you guys know Chris Crawford? No. Okay. So Chris no. Crawford, uh, he he's like, he's, you know, part of the maker community for sure. Um, he But he just rebranded himself. Uh, so he used okay. to be mortgage, mortgage and Miter. Um, oh, I and do he's know good. him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, he just, they, he just rebranded as Further North Fab on okay. Instagram and further further north fabrications on uh, YouTube. And he's just, I, I like, he's just, a, well, one, he's just a really good guy. Um, he makes a lot of, like a huge variety of different things. I mean, I think he's mostly known for woodworking, um, right. but he has a ton of different things. And he, uh, actually, Adam, you might be interested in, like he just did a, um, what's it called? Um, he has a very cool cafe racer. Yeah, cafe racer. Yeah, he just did a cafe yeah. racer. So he does, you know, he's done a ton. And what I like about him too is like, I mean, he he's clearly lo- does this for the passion. I mean, I don't think he, I, I don't know this for sure. Um, you know, I know him you know, as an acquaintance. Uh, we've met a couple of times. Um, I don't think he has any like desire to do this full time or anything that maybe he does, but I think he really does this because he loves, loves doing it. And that's, why he does kind of a variety of products uh, projects. He, again, like I said, he's, uh, he does mostly woodworking stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I think his, the, you know, the, the motorcycle video was actually phenomenal. I thought it was really, really good video. And so I just, I, I like him and it's, it's funny. I was, I thought that he took a huge break. And so I was going to say he rebranded himself and now he's posting videos again. Cause he's posted a lot of videos recently. Um, but he hasn't actually, if you look at him, his posting history versus my posting history, he's way more prolific than I am. So he <laughs> hasn't gone away, but he, I think he has picked it up uh, recently a little bit more and has put a little bit more like intention to it um, recently with the rebranding. So uh, just a shout out to Chris. He's a really, really good guy, really supportive as well. Um, and Canadian, he makes, he makes great videos. He's Canadian, right? He is Canadian as well. Yes. Well, there you go. Yep. So got to be good then. Um, so since we were talking about uh, classrooms and teaching and, and classes and all that, and of course kids, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Mr. Jarrett, uh, Mr. Jarrett underscore construction tech on 
uh, Instagram. He was uh, interviewed on the Making Our Way podcast, and he teaches, I, I think it's middle school kids. So whatever middle school is, like grade sevens and eight, I think, in uh, Pennsylvania, he is like the only one teaching them on the tools, trades, projects, building stuff, building all the stuff. And you can follow along with him. One of the fun things he does, and this is something that if you're interested in, in supporting him in a small way, uh, he does a uh, stickers and he gives them out to his kids to put on their hard hats. So if you have extra stickers laying around or, you know, you got some old stickers that you're like, I don't want to hand these ones out anymore. I'll switch it up to, you know, my new branding or whatever. You can throw throw him your old stickers. And I think he also might be doing some donations as well. But you can check him out on Instagram. Does he, um, like, uh, do you have to contact them or does he have an address to send them to? That's a good question. And that is something that you'll probably just contact him. I okay. don't know if he's got, like, a P.O. box or something. Um it sounds like I, I think he said the the address on the Making Our Way podcast, but I'm I don't know. I, I no, that's I awesome. I think him. that's I think that's really awesome. Yeah. So go check him out. So at this point of the show, we would normally read a review, but since we don't have any, we're going to Adam's slang of the week. Slang of the week. So for those yeah. that don't know. Adam gets suggestions sent directly to him for slang words from all over the world. Used to be just Australian words, but we went through all of them. And so he wants slang words from all over the world. Um, and the people, when I guess them and, uh, and, and Ethan's going to guess it this week with us. It, it, it just makes me ner- super nervous by the way, because I don't <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't know normal English vocabulary, let yeah. alone slang. So I, I don't think I've gotten well, a single that- one. <laughs> actually an Australian word this week, but oh. yeah. Um, if you, if you want to send me through a slang word, send it through to make Mackey on Instagram. Don't send it through to Clampcast because now Grant's on there. Um, so he'll see it, send it through to make Mackey and give me context of what it means and maybe a sentence of how to use it as well. But this week's is from Joe Sarafa. I'm hoping I'm hoping you're, I'm saying your name right, but Joe's workbench on Instagram. Okay. Joe's workbench. Um, the Joe's workbench. Everyone knows him. The word is chunder. Chunder. You've done I that one to throw to throw up. Oh, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Chunder. Right, I it, said it. We've done it before, Ethan. You just said it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Come get a different one. Come on. Hurry up. You know what walkers is? What? Do you know what walkers is? Walkers. 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 No. W U C K E R S. No. It's an Australian word. No. Walkers. Can you use it in a sentence? My mom's maiden uh, name was Walker. Does that count? Or? No. No. <laughs> it's a res- I'll give you I'll give you a clue. It's a response to someone and you would normally say no walkers. I would say like no fucking way. Uh Close. no deal. No fucking worries. Ah, no fucking worries. So right. thanks, and you say no rockers. No rockers. Okay. Walkers. Walkers. Well, I want to thank Ethan <laughs> for coming on. And I think Adam Slang of the Week is fun, and then also sometimes gets a little like awkward. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, less awkward if you, than if you'd ans- asked me to uh, do an uh, accent. Because yes. the only accent I can do is Western, Upper Western New York 
Rochester, New York's accent, which is what I talk every day. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Ethan. We really appreciate you coming on. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm Ethan Carter Designs on basically everything. So YouTube, um, Instagram, uh, Patreon, uh, all those things. Yeah, I'm I, Ethan Carter Designs. I think uh, I don't know what I am on Twitter, but um, e- ask Elon. Yeah, tw- Twitter doesn't matter anymore yeah. at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you guys can find us all on the usual social media places by searching for the Clamp Podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. This is a blast. Thank you, guys. Bye.